Hello and welcome to another week on the Vampire Diaries Diaries, your number one podcast for recaps, reflections, and dissections of very important crystals on the television program The Vampire Diaries. My name is Claire and I'm joined by my co-host Beth and we are here tonight to recap the episode 162 Candles. We are and it was a pretty good episode again this week shit just gets really real and you think that there's not that much that could happen in a single episode but things move quickly in mystic falls the thing is that from the title of the episode i was expecting a lot of you know like molly ringwald john hughes references but there weren't any nobody stole anybody's underpants (laughs) or had a 16th birthday i don't think i've seen as many john hughes movies as i thought I did before yeah. I started the sentence. <laughs> That's okay. I don't really have too much to contribute. I've seen 16 Candles once when I was like 16 or Ooh, something. Very so appropriate. Yeah. But I did catch the title reference. Good, good. Yes, indeed. And the title is making reference to the fact that this episode takes place on Stefan's 162nd birthday. Happy birthday, boy. Yeah, he has a great time. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it's just it's just a gem of a day for him. It's a success, 100%. So just like last time uh, we recorded a holiday episode on a different holiday, you know, it was the Halloween episode on St. Patrick's Day. This time we're recording a birthday episode on April Fool's Day. Oh, yeah. I keep forgetting it's April Fool's Day, except when I look at Twitter and then I have to roll my eyes so hard for the whole bus ride on the way up here. Yeah, I got a lot of emails from, like, online stores. Yeah. Like, 0% off this week. Ha <laughs> ha, we're so funny. Oh my god, I hate that shit so much. I saw one of those, like, tasty videos, but it was, like, a different brand that was for a hot dog water cocktail with Ew. a hot dog straw. It was just nasty. Like They owe us money just for putting that thought in our heads. I know. I can't stop thinking about it. It's horrible. But we've been drinking champagne, which should wash away any horrible, disgusting food ideas. We should. So 162 candles is the title of the episode, and 162 is approximately how many ounces I've had of uh, champagne, I think. So it's Whoa. it works all around. <laughs> well, on that note, uh, let's start off with the beginning of the episode, in which it seems like one of those uh, horror movie-esque dreams that somebody's having. Uh, like we've seen with Elena and Stefan in the past. Uh, so Stefan is wandering around his house and he has like a spidey sense that something is amiss. And we start to see some figure like vampire zooming around in the background and we're like, fuck. Mm-hmm. I thought vampire? some shit was about to go down because you could hear the creaking and, and somebody shuffling in the background. Um, so I was prepared for the worst, which is why I was pleasantly surprised that when... Um, Well, actually, I got a little scared first because we have a vampire who kind of bares her teeth and does a face boner at Stefan. And I was like, great, who's this lady? Like, now we got to worry about her on top of all of the things that we already have to worry about with Damon. Um, But Stefan quickly recognizes the evil face as his longtime vampire friend, Lexi. He's like, hey, girl. Thanks for dropping by and tackling to me, tackling me to the ground and bonering in my face. <laughs> I know. And she's like, you think I would miss your 162nd birthday? Not for anything, bro. So they have a very long-standing and strong friendship, which is surprising. Like, Stefan's never mentioned this person before. He seems like a very miserable, lonely guy. So I'm like, where is Lexi like the other 364 days of the year? Right? You think that Stefan literally knows no one because he's been alive for so long that he doesn't want to like attach himself to any humans. And you also think that there are no other vampires around. Basically, it's a surprise. Yes. But it, it's kind of nice to see that Stefan has a friend. Like, he's hyper-focused on Elena at all times. So there's somebody here to, you know, take some of his attention. Yes. And I found the fact that, um, like, we saw him in a different type of relationship than he has with Damon, which is super stressed and um, 
than a different type of relationship that he has with Elena, which is just kind of like creepy and overbearing. Mm -hmm. And he just kind of relaxes um, when he sees Lexi right away and we kind of see him smile a little bit more. And I'm like, hey, that dude looks pretty hot to me right now. (laughs) You think he's hot no matter what kind of fucking face he has on. I do, but especially when he's happy, you're just like, oh my God, Stefan, come on, you happy guy. That's true love when you just want him to smile. It's true. So the most important part of this scene is that uh, Stefan's like, so what are you planning for my birthday? And what are you doing when you leave? And Lexi's like, oh, well, after this, I'm going to New York to see Bon Jovi. And then she drops this little line like, oh, I know you love Bon Jovi. That's our, like, Dead or Alive is our theme song. And Stefan asks, do you think that he would remember us? That was a crazy night. And what I'm taking away from this is that Stefan and Lexi had a three-way with Bon Jovi in the 80s. Oh, I think that that's totally true, and that's what they're hinting at. There's no doubt in my mind. And that is the most important part of this scene. And actually, John Bon Jovi, I believe, was in a vampire movie. I'm pretty sure it was him. I rented it uh, from the local video store uh, many years ago because it was a very early role of Diego Luna's. Whoa. On whom I have always had a crush. Uh, It was called Vampires Los Muertos. It was a a sequel to a movie called Vampires, I think. But basically, John Bon Jovi, Eddie Winslow, and Diego Luna are vampire hunting in Mexico. Wow. So there's your tidbit of the day. Bon Jovi is always doing it with vampires. (laughs) He, it's his thing. Everybody's got a thing, and Bon Jovi's is doing it with vampires. Yeah, all the time. So we have this happy intro where Stefan's with his friend, and it's his birthday. But then we have to cut to this like really strange scene at the police station where Sheriff Forbes is questioning everybody about Vicky, which doesn't make sense to me because it's just like she left town. Why are you treating this like a murder investigation? Yeah, it is super weird. Like, like I, she did get murdered, but but they don't know that. Yeah, exactly. So the I mean, it's just I guess pleasing to the viewer that like the sheriff would be so invested in in Vicky's um, departure. But as far as everybody's concerned, as long as Sheriff Forb knows, Vicky just left town, and that's what. Um, in the last episode, Damon had brainwashed um, or compelled, excuse me, um, Jeremy to think. So it, it's basically an interrogation of Jeremy, Matt, uh, Stefan, and Elena. Yes. Uh, Matt kind of draws Stefan into it by saying that he had come by the house to talk to Vicky the night before she left and everybody just says the same thing like yeah i think she just left town and jeremy even parrots the thing that damon compelled him to believe that he's gonna miss her but he thinks it's for the best yeah and that whole scene was just like super awkward i think like for some reason the timing seemed off so like sheriff forbes would kind of ask one of the um town's people a question like like what why do you think that vicky left and they would just like quickly interrupt her like well vicky um is just out of town and i don't know why she left and blah 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 it was just kind of a super awkward uh scene in terms of timing and the responses from the from the different people yeah it wasn't the best it wasn't but probably the best part of that one was that they all leave the station at the same time and Right on, like, the police station steps, Elena goes up to Stefan and is like, I think they believed us, Stefan. I don't think they suspect a thing. Good job. I know. It's like, girl, be quiet. Like, at least leave the sheriff's, like, house before you start blabbing all your truths. Oh, my gosh. I even said to the TV, I was like, shh, this isn't right. (laughs) Yeah, that was was fun. And then Stefan kind of tries to strike up a conversation with Elena again she's like no I can't talk to you and we were kind of confused because I know that she said she couldn't see him after the whole like I'm a vampire conversation but then at the end of last episode she was like also I can't stop thinking about you I want you in my life so it's not really clear whether they're broken up or not, but she's acting like they're super split seas, like at this point in the episode. And like, if we're feeling like this, you can only imagine what Stefan is thinking, right? Because last episode she was like, 
there's a lot of things that I wish I could change, but the one thing that I don't want to change is my feelings about you. And then she's playing them cold, like, mm. the next day when they're at the sheriff's office. Which is, uh, like, a good call, but also, make up your mind, girl. I know, exactly. I agree with her decisions, but I don't agree with the way that she's presenting it to Stefan right now. Yeah, it's not great. Um, but, meanwhile, at the Salvatore boarding house... Lexi has just been like taking a luxurious afternoon nap because she really knows how to live her best life. She but does. She wakes up to find that Damon's next to her in bed, which of course he is because he's the creepiest, most disgusting person on earth. And they have this conversation like, what the fuck are you doing here? I hate you. No, I hate you. But they're like both very sarcastic and quippy people. Yes. So it almost passes as like a friendly conversation. Mm-hmm. But then I forget, Damon says something along the lines of like he wants to get with her and she kind of like flips a switch and she zooms over to the other side of the bed and kind of chokes him. And she's I forget her exact words, but it was pretty much like, you're not going to fuck with me. Like, I'm here to celebrate Stefan's birthday like GTFO. Yeah. And she also mentions that she's older than him, which means she's stronger, which I don't think we've heard before. So like, oh, you're the right. Rule, uh-huh. The new vampire rule we're learning right now for this universe is that the older the vampire, the stronger they are. Yes. So she's like, step off. Don't mess with my time with Stefan because apparently I only hang out with him on his birthday for some reason. Is that another different vampire role that you could only hang out with vampire friends on your birthday unless you're related? I don't think so. I think it's just like a awkwardly shoehorned in concept <laughs> to explain why we haven't seen or heard of Lexi before. Yeah, that's probably true. So, but the older, the stronger is a really good tip. And I've written it yeah. down in my notebook. So I'll reference this with all of my new vampire knowledge um, in future episodes. Wonderful. Uh, yeah, but we don't stick around there long because it's just, you know, a hint of arguments to come. And yes. Instead, we go over to the Bennett house. Thank God. <sighs> I know. Thank God. We see Bonnie and her drunk grandma there. I think she calls her Grams. Yes. Grams is that right? Is <laughs> the, the grandmotherly nickname. Yes. So, um,. Bonnie's just chilling at her grandma's house and her grandmother says something along the lines of like you've been spending a lot of time here but I know that your dad doesn't like it like he doesn't want me to be a bad influence on you and Bonnie's like well you are (laughs) well she says that he doesn't want uh, Bonnie's dad doesn't like the idea of Grams's witchy juju yes that's one of the best lines of the episode I think witchy juju so, yes, she's been spraying her witchy juju all over Bonnie. And Bonnie's like, yeah, well, I mean, he's right. That's what we've been doing, but I'm into it. <laughs> exactly. And um, we see that Bonnie is either wearing or has the very important mm-hmm. crystal on her person. Um, and I I forget. Does her grandma, like, remind her that she should wear it because yeah. it was... Um, Obviously, we know from last episode, it was a belonging of her great, 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 great grandmother or something like that. And it's just fate that it ends up in um, Bonnie's hands and she needs it to protect herself. Yeah, because it did shock Damon's hand last week when he tried to rip it off her neck. Exactly. And she calls it a witching talisman, which I also Mm. appreciate because talisman was one of my vocabulary words when I was in like third grade or something. And I've always remembered that word. So I was happy to see it pop up in the Vampire Diaries. Bonnie isn't really feeling it, though. She's like, well, I had to give it back to Caroline. And also it is ugly and doesn't go with any of my outfits. She says this while wearing earrings that are an actual like full size butterfly. (laughs) just really hideous the very important crystal like isn't that ugly like it looks cheap but it's like a piece of costume jewelry yeah people act like it's like a raccoon dick on a string or something (laughs) oh my god i know right they should be proud of the very important crystal you know what we'll do we'll put up a picture of the very important crystal on our instagram which handle i will say later in this episode once (laughs) i figure out what it is 
are very long and hard to remember handle because <laughs> many Vampire Diaries related handles were already taken. Thanks a lot, internet. Uh, yes. Okay, I got it here. It's the underscore VD underscore diaries underscore podcast. So the VD diaries podcast with underscores between the letters. So keep a lookout for a screenshot of the very important crystal coming to Instagram soon. A very important screenshot. Yes. <laughs> So we leave Bonnie and Grams, and I think that at this point, um, just previously, we had seen Aunt Jenna, hey girl, uh, yeah, walk out of back. the sheriff's department with <laughs> with Jeremy and Elena. She but, missed the whole, like, her niece getting her blood sucked by her nephew's vampire girlfriend ordeal. Mm-hmm. And so I guess after the sheriff interrogation, they're all back at home and um, Aunt Jenna alludes to the fact that Logan dumped her because he just kind of fell off the map and um, hasn't really been in touch with her. Yeah, we learned that she got an email allegedly from Logan saying that he was leaving town, which is very similar to their excuse for Uncle Zach that, oh, Uncle Zach's out of town. Vicky left town. Like, out of town is means dead on this show so nobody goes out of town they go out of earth (laughs) yes oh my gosh i just picked that up thanks for drawing it to our (laughs) listeners attention claire so finally elena has like an appropriate response to the aunt jenna logan situation she's like oh yeah he's a jerk forget him but then they're both very distracted by the fact that jeremy is doing his homework and is like, quiet guys, I have to finish this assignment. I have a pop quiz tomorrow. (laughs) Like, I'm already behind. Please stop talking quietly in the next room. It's distracting me. Like, what the fuck, Jeremy? I mean, I understand that you've been through some shit, but you can't just do a 180 like this. Yeah, so we're all very suspicious of whatever's happening with Jeremy right now because he's acting like a normal, like, respectable human being. So obviously something is terribly wrong. Yeah, this is not Jeremy's natural state. As we know, he's a drug-using delinquent (laughs) who wears a leather cuff. A stoner geek. (laughs) Yes. Who likes to break bottles and try to stab his enemies. So escalated. Oh, God. Jeremy, come on. Well, now he's doing his homework, so who knows what he has in his future. Yeah, he might, like, actually go to college and get a job. (laughs) But before we can think too hard about that, we uh, switch over a bit back to the police station where Damon has come to visit Sheriff Forbes, and we're like, well, shit, this can't be anything good. I know, and he comes in with a box all wrapped up and hands it over to Sheriff Forbes, and he's like, here's the package. Um, My Uncle Zach is out of town, but he said to drop this off for you. So she opens it up, and what is it? The beautiful uh, purple flower, Vervain. Mm -hmm. He's delivered on his promise to Mrs. Lockwood to provide the Vervain for all the founding families and their buds. And it's, you know, number one tactic in the serial killer handbook, like, make yourself available and helpful to the police. (laughs) So they don't suspect you. Right? I know. He's just like getting right in there and Damon's like, anything I could do to help, blah, blah, blah. Of course. So he's got an inroad there. He's trying to cover his ass. And, you know, we keep seeing him taking these measures to cover his tracks because for whatever reason, he really wants to stay in Mystic Falls, which, you know, he's doing a lot of fucked up shit, but it means that he and Stefan get to hang out and have their, you know, romances with the young teen girls so Uh, we have a show (laughs) yes so as much as i don't agree with the premise of why he's trying to stick around it is the basis of the whole story that we're participating in right now for sure Uh, so we get uh finally i think the first scene between bonnie and elena that we've maybe had since like the second or third episode like they're allegedly best friends but they haven't been spending much time together i know they like never see each other yeah you're right they saw each other in the first episode when they were driving in the car they saw each other um like a few other times like at the halloween party and at the mystic grill and things mainly like, that. like when bonnie said she touched Stefan and felt death yeah i guess maybe that would distance two best friends a tiny bit i don't know 
But yeah, they've been kind of estranged from each other lately because Bonnie's been at Drunk Grandma's learning about magic. And so Bonnie comes over and is like, hey, Elena, why are you lying in bed in the middle of the afternoon? Because she doesn't yet even know that Elena and Stefan have broken up, apparently. Yeah, so luckily Elena was like, me and Stefan broke up, which is news to everybody, I think. So Bonnie's like, oh, you know, that's super sad. I was like, okay, well, thanks for telling us, but also not making it clear to Stefan or to anybody in the past episodes. Um, So Bonnie just wants to do something to help Elena feel better. And Elena asks her just to do something that will distract her from you know, all of the feelings that she's dealing with. Yeah. And Bonnie is like, ooh, you asked for it. And I'm like, are you going to, like, kiss her right now? Like, what's happening? I know. It could have gone a few different ways there for sure. But instead, she just picks up <laughs> Elena's pillow, takes off the pillowcase, and just straight up, does she have, like, a knife on her? She, ha- I- she like, pulls a shiv out of her bra or something <laughs> and just does. slices the pillow and dumps the feathers on the bed. And Elena's like, what the fuck? Like... That's my pillow, man. I know. And it was like a really nice one. Like, I don't have any pillows with like real feathers in it like that. It was crazy. So Bonnie dumps all these feathers out on the bed and she's like, hey, Elena, like notice that the windows are closed. The AC isn't on. Like there's no wind in here. And she sits on the bed and starts, I guess, levitating a single feather. And Elena's Mm -hmm. just like, whoa, what the hell is going on? And then Bonnie levitates a shitload of feathers all at once and is like, it's all true. It's impossible, but it's true. And then she says, Witch! Yes, she is making it a loud and proud declaration. She's a witch. She's a lover. She's a child. She's not a mother, I don't think. She's a sinner. She's a saint. She will not feel ashamed. She will not. And she will float some goddamn feathers, and she will be proud. I know, and they were all, like, rotating around Elena's head. It was so magical. Yeah. And um, Elena's all like, but you said that this is a secret, and your grandmother told you not to tell anybody. Like, why did you bring this up to me? And Bonnie was like, well, you're my best friend. I can never keep something like this from you. Wah, wah. Right? So uh, Elena's sitting on some secrets. Some serious secrets that she's not telling Bonnie about how Stefan is a vampire, about how Vicky was turned into a vampire and then promptly murdered, amongst other things. Yeah. Bonnie apparently loves Elena more than Elena loves Bonnie, which is just a damn shame. It is. But it's a very happy scene for a while where... They're just both really excited about Bonnie's powers because it's fucking cool. Yeah, it's super, super cool. I I don't think that I would be as accepting as Elena was if I were in the position, but at the same time, like, she's also, like, recently seen some vampire shit, so this is probably just good news to her. Yeah, she's like, okay, so there is a supernatural thing that doesn't involve, like, everybody I know getting murdered. Cool. Yeah, we could float some feathers. That'll work out for us well. Yeah. And, you know, this scene reminded me of uh, some Buffy uh, plot lines. I know you haven't watched Buffy, but anybody mm-hmm. out there who has, uh, you know, in season four, there was the whole Willow Terra storyline where witchcraft turned into a metaphor for lesbianism. And this is not helping me to forget, you know, my very first who should have done it of Elena and Bonnie. Uh. Like, in the scene where Willow and Tara float the rose, like, they're floating feathers. Like, is this a euphemism? I don't know. Oh, But that's hey. where my mind went, because I want everybody to be gay. <laughs> that's good. Uh, but we go from this very, you know, sweet scene to a scene that had probably the worst line of the entire episode, where Lexi is talking to Stefan about Elena and how, you know, she doesn't want to be with him right now. But Lexi's like, oh, well, have you done it yet? He's like, girl, no. That would be statutory right? I he know. Doesn't, he doesn't say that. That's not his concern. But then Lexi says something along the lines of, oh, well, that will solve all your problems. Like, rock her world with your vamp sex. Oh, and she'll never be able to leave you. And I'm like, what does that even mean? Like, <laughs> that you would drain her blood while fucking her that you would like use your vampire speed because that doesn't sound pleasant that i interpreted it as like 
the sexual form of zooming, which sounds like very painful and also really horrible. Like yeah. I would not want that vamp sex. No. Also, like maybe if you're both vampires, but yeah. also even then maybe not. Uh, I I don't know. I was ashamed at that part. <laughs> Lexi. Most of Lexi in this episode I love, but that was a bit much. It was a bit much. We don't need to call it vamp sex. No. And also, if Elena wants to leave Stefan of her own volition, him fucking her at super fast speeds is not going to probably change anything. <laughs> Let's be truthful here. I can go from zero to completion in 2.4 seconds. Yeah, you want to see me zoom? I'll show you zoom. You want to see me zoom is my new favorite pickup line. Hey, girl, you want to see me zoom? Uh-uh. I'm 162. Ooh, yeah. Show me that old D. <laughs> Show me your 162-year-old penis. Go ahead. <laughs> That's the oldest penis I've seen since that lady cult preserved Rasputin stick. <laughs> oh, my God. Sorry. I just need to advocate for everybody Google searching Rasputin's penis. It's a fascinating tale. I don't think I know all the deets. It involves lady cults uh, and sea cucumbers. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. So that's your hot tip for the day. <laughs> you didn't see it, but I just winked. So yes, uh, Lexi thinks that Stefan can fuck his way in, into Elena's heart. And he's like, well, thank you for the friendly advice. I'm going to give her her space for now, which is good. And through this whole scene, uh, Lexi is drinking some blood. She actually has blood bags, like, from the hospital. And she takes one and jams a straw into it like it's a fucking Capri Sun. I know! <laughs> She's just sipping on it in front of Stefan, who we know has issues with human blood. Yes. And, I mean, it's like, have some decency. Like, just because you're in a vampire, like, doesn't mean you just drink directly from the bag. Well, it's better than drinking directly from the neck. It's better than drinking from the neck, but worse than drinking from a glass, like a civilized I person. I just, I thought the whole juice box concept was kind of cute. It was just a little bit rude to do it in front of Stefan. It was rude to do it in front of Stefan, but like, think about Canada. Their milk comes in bags. They don't what? just stick, stick a straw in it and start drinking Wait, out. milk comes in bags? Yes, I saw this I've been when to I was Canada, in Canada. I have not seen this. Oh, really? I don't know. Maybe I just haven't been frequenting the right locations, but that blows my mind. Milk in a bag. That's what it reminded me of when she stuck the straw in it and she was just sipping the blood straight out the blood bag. Canadian listeners, please dial in and explain this phenomenon. (laughs) Call 1-800-VD-DIARIES-9. Nine, (laughs) Nine, yes. (laughs) So yes, blood bag, Capri Sun, uh, love advice, blah, blah, blah. Also in this scene, uh, Lexi is reminiscing about Stefan's wilder youthful days in which he danced naked in the Trevi Fountain and was drunk on the Statue of Liberty's torch. I'm like, we've seen flashbacks on the show. Where are those flashbacks? I know. And they would have been cheaper production-wise because you don't need to get a jaunty hat and an old-timey <laughs> costume in order to do the flashback. Yeah, just get a green screen. I know. Jeez. Good idea, Claire. Just, like, go to whatever lot the, like, Friends opening credits fountain is in and, and stick some, like, Italian flags in the background. <laughs> I was going to say a naked marble statue, but that works, sure. too. <laughs> like a Coliseum poster. Uh, but yeah, Lexi is, is this the part where Damon like comes over and is like, by the way, there's a party at the Mystic Girl tonight? It is. Yeah. So we missed the scene where he went to talk to Caroline earlier. Yes. So I guess, does he go to the school? I forget where he runs into Caroline. Oh, it's at the grill. It's somewhere. Yeah. I think they're hanging out at the Mystic Grill for no reason. And Damon runs into Caroline and he's like hey what's up and she's like you stay away from me like you hurt me dungeon boy and i'm not going to like be part of your games anymore or something along those lines which i'm like good for you caroline like you stick up for yourself he did hurt you and it was good to see her out of that like hazy fog of like depending on damon even though he was like physically abusing her anyway 
That doesn't last long because Damon starts compelling her while she's speaking. And he's like, you want to have a party tonight? And she's like, I do? Why? And he's like, you just want to have a big party at the grill and have it be really big and invite everyone. So she agrees. um, And then she kind of leaves the scene and, and starts inviting people to the party. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, so we know that, you know, roofing Caroline's drink saved the day that one time. But nobody seemed to think that Damon would ever, like, go back to that well. Like, they didn't reverbain her, so she was able to set him free from the dungeon. And after that, they didn't think, hey, he might try some shit like this again. Let's get her some verbane. Oh, right. No, they just let her go on her way, completely vulnerable, and able to, like, instigate these plots on his behalf. Like, what kind of dumbass is... Well, what kind of dumbass is Stefan? Yeah, no, that's a total oversight on Stefan's part. He's like, you stay away from Caroline. But as we know, Damon doesn't care about what Stefan tells him to do. Like, he could give a shit. Very bad planning, Stefan. But he's just so distracted by his love for Elena that he doesn't give a shit about anybody else. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, Damon pops in and interrupts the conversation between Stefan and Lexi and is like, hey, party at the Mystic Grill. I'm not throwing it. Caroline is throwing it. So it's safe. And they don't think like, hey, maybe he compelled Caroline. They're just like, oh, cool. And Lexi really wants to go Mm -hmm. because she wants to celebrate. Yeah. And Stefan totally doesn't want to go, but he, you know, he's feeling kind of laid back and stuff since Lexi is in town. So he agrees to go uh, to the party. Yeah. So they start getting ready. Uh, Lexi takes a shower and then she's all like in her towel, which is just really convenient because Elena decides for some reason, which I don't think we really get the full explanation. Elena has come back to the to the Salvatore boarding house to talk to Stefan for whatever reason. She rings the dinky little doorbell. (laughs) And Lexi is like, come in. This isn't my house, but whoever you are, come in. You might be a vampire who I've just invited into a home. Who knows? Oh, they need to be more careful about that. Yeah. So Elena comes in and is like, hey. And Lexi is just like, holy shit. What the fuck? Because she is aware of Catherine 1864 and has seen pictures. And she knows that, you know, Stefan has this chick Elena on the hook. But she does not know that Elena is identical to Catherine 1864. So she, like, loses her shit for a second. Yeah, she's just, like, straight up staring at Elena. And it's, like, super awkward because Elena's like, uh, what's going on here? Why are you staring at me like this? And I mean, she doesn't say that. wearing just a towel in my man's house? Even though bitch. she already says that they're broken up. So why is she even going over there in the first place? This... I feel like the writers could have done a little bit of a better job with the on-again, off-again thing between Elena and Stefan in these two episodes. But that's besides the point. Elena gets super uncomfortable. And Lexi does not help. She's like, oh, Stefan's in the shower. Wink, wink. Uh, But I'll tell him you stopped by. Yeah, like, um, if somebody said that to me when I was at my boyfriend's house, I'd be like, um, excuse me, no, I'll tell him I stopped by, and then I would plow her over. Yeah, for sure. And not in a good way. (laughs) (sighs) So, Elena's like, don't even tell him that I stopped by, and then she leaves. So, Lexi goes upstairs, and Stefan's, like, getting out of the shower. Shirtless. Yes, we get a shirtless scene for Stefan here, which is great. He's looking very skinny in this shirtless scene. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. He seems more like a broad, stocky chap, but we got a good side view. He has been eating a lot of salad. Yeah, well, he is a vegetarian vampire. True. So Lexi is just kind of like, dude, what the fuck? Like, who is Elena? She looks exactly like Catherine 1864. Mm-hmm. And she even, like, picks up the picture of Catherine... And holds it up like, I just met Elena. Yeah, and it's like, okay, he has just like a picture of Catherine 1864 just like on his desk or whatever. Like, like what just if sitting. Elena came upstairs? Right? Like, what if she came over and only Damon was there and he's like, oh, Stefan's in his room, let's go. And then there's a picture of Catherine 1864 there. Like, get your shit together, Stefan. I know, Stefan would have to like make up some crazy lie and then compel Elena to believe that they went to a carnival and took those old-timey <laughs> Western pictures so that she would believe that it was just her with the name Catherine 1864. Yep. 
So then it gets super weird because Lexi's like, okay, if it's not her, then they definitely have to be related because they look exactly the fucking same. Mm-hmm. And Stefan's like, maybe I don't want to know. Like, maybe I don't care if they're related. It's like, that's super gross. Like the whole, and he admits the whole reason he wanted to meet her was because she looked exactly like Catherine. Yeah. But then he goes on this whole speech about how she's the opposite of Catherine in every way. Like, she's really sweet and kind and blah, blah, blah. And Lexi's like, OMG, you L-U-V her so Mm -hmm. hard. Yeah, and then Stefan kind of agrees. He's like, I do. I love her. And it's sweet. But then you're also like, dude, you dated her, like, great-great-great-great-grandmother. Creepy. It is creepy. You gotta draw the line somewhere. Yeah. Anyway. But that's our first declaration of love. Like, Stefan is canonically in love with Elena for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. So we uh, move away from that situation to the grill where uh, Bonnie has arrived for the party. And uh, Caroline has just had a conversation with Damon at the bar where he's like, did you get my fucking crystal back? Because that was part of the whole party plan. He wanted her to retrieve the very important crystal from Bonnie. Oh, yes. And she's like, no, oh, I do, I'd do anything for you. You know, like, why can't you ever be happy for me? It's just a stupid crystal. And Damon says, you're the only stupid thing here. Uh, and then he calls her shallow and useless. Yeah. It's horrible. It's fucked up. But... Then Caroline's like desperate to get the crystal back and Bonnie is wearing it and she tries <laughs> and they like have this whole bitch fight about the crystal and eventually <laughs> Caroline is like, okay, I didn't want to have to tell you this, but the crystal makes you look fat. <laughs> Which is so fucking ridiculous because Bonnie weighs like 80 pounds. And also how could a necklace make anybody look fat? <laughs> it can't. Like that's your strong like that's your strong argument, Caroline. Maybe Girl, if it please. was like a really tiny necklace, it could make you look like a giant person. But even but this is a huge ass crystal. It is. It's like well, I can't wait to put it up on Instagram, but it's not that it could, how could a very important crystal make anyone look fat? That's what I don't understand. It's a bad excuse. So, And I think she realizes that because then she just tries to grab it off of Bonnie's neck, at, like where it's hanging between her boobs. And it shocks her like it did to Damon last week. Mm-hmm. And she's like, what the She's fuck? like, are you wearing polyester? <laughs> <laughs> yes, she did say that. And Bonnie's like, were you really just going to rip that off my neck? Like, what the hell? Uh, oh, well, in this scene also, Caroline says that Bonnie is her best friend and should just give it back to her because she asked. And then I'm like, okay, so Bonnie is Elena's best friend and also Caroline's best friend. So who is like the third wheel in this situation? I think it's Caroline. Yeah, I like, think so too. Caroline cannot catch a break. It I really know. is all about Elena. It is. And she says that in the first episode, I think. Yeah. So, that they're always competing. Yeah, that's a little sad. It is. But also understandable, given Caroline's personality. I know. I hate her. But also a lot of the dick things she's doing, at least in this episode, are because of Damon. So. Yeah, and he's compelled her There's to get that. the very important crystal back. But also, like, her excuses were just outrageous. <laughs> so she decides to deal with this by getting super crunk, which uh, I guess we pick up on a little bit later. So... This is sort of tangential to the rest of the episode, so let's just cover it now. Like, she stumbles into a booth with Matt and is Uh like, Sup, dude? I'm crunk! And she's feeling very sorry for herself and asks if he thinks she's shallow, and he's like, well, yeah, you are. I know! It's, like, so crazy. And, like, I understand that Matt is struggling right now with Vicky's departure, but um, she just straight up asks Matt, like, am I shallow? Like, I want to be deep, like, abyss deep. And he's like, deep's not really your scene. And you're just like, what the hell, man? Like, just tell her what she wants to hear. And then she's like, I'm a kiddie pool. I know. Oh, my God. That, like, just made me emotional hearing you say it again. Yeah. So she's real sad. And she asks Matt to take her home because she's very drunk. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, unfortunately, the time is a little weird because Damon has, uh, in this span of time, popped outside and seen a couple of young lovers making out in, like, the alleyway by the girl. Yes. And he eats the dude and then attacks the girl but leaves her alive. 
as we find out when one of the sheriff's deputies is like snooping around and he hears her crying. So Sheriff Forbes is now at the grill. She arrives sometime later <laughs> where the deputy is like, okay, come look at this. And they see the guy's body and she's like, oh shit, we'll cover this up. And he's like, wait, there's more. And he just shines his flashlight on the girl who's cowering, sobbing in the alley. And apparently he's just been standing there staring at her, waiting for the sheriff. <laughs> it's so bizarre. Like, yeah, he's just standing there waiting for Sheriff Forbes to come in while this girl is just huddled and crying, like, in a dark alleyway while her boyfriend is just bleeding out. And the deputy is just yeah. waiting. It was so funny. I mean, The Falls Police Department has some very strange, you know protocols it does that's for damn sure i would watch mystic falls pd oh my god yes i want more of sheriff forbes backstory too like you know that like she's divorced from caroline's dad and caroline's dad has a gay lover and they go to like myrtle beach all the time or something yeah like i don't know i want that show mm-hmm. spin off spin off <laughs> So I guess while this is happening, um, before Stefan gets to the grill, he goes to visit Elena because he wants her to come to the party. Um, So he goes to the house and Elena's like, oh, yeah, I stopped by, but I wasn't expecting to see like a girl with no clothes on, more or less. And he explains that um, Lexi is like 300 years old and gives us a little pun like she's my oldest friend. so from there, things kind of escalate because I guess, I don't know, Stefan's like kind of like come to the party. I'll give you a ride. Yeah. Uh, I know. And miss him for vamp sex? Oh, no. Vamp sex makes me so nervous every time I imagine <laughs> it. Um, but well, if you ever watched True Blood, you would have a mental image to go along with that, which does involve zooming. No. How, how could sexualness... A.K. sexuality involves zooming. It's Sexual not right. and zooming. <laughs> Beth Kislowski's A beginner's story. guide. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And he wants her to come, and she's like, no, I think I'm going to stay home. And I'm like, thank you, Elena. Good choice. Yeah, and, like, before that, they, like, get into it, like, really deep. Like, Elena's like, I have nobody to talk to. Like, I'm dealing with all of this stuff. And Stefan's like, you always have me. Like, you can talk to me about anything. I'll always be here for you no matter what. So I guess, like, that's one way to get somebody to, to try and go to a party. of me being in your life. You yes. can always talk to me. Right. So Stefan goes to the party. Elena decides to stay home. And Stefan's having a gay old time with Lexi. They're playing pool, drinking tequila. Like, it's great. And then Elena just shows up at the party anyway. I don't yeah. know if I just wasn't paying attention, but I don't know where, like, when or how or why that happened. No, she just decides to show up. Probably because she's jealous of Lexi. Yeah. Like, that was kind of my vibe, but... Yeah, and she know. spies them across the room having a good time, and she's like, well, fuck. I know. She, like, sees that Stefan's all, like, kind of laid back, and... Um, He's not like that with her, right? Like, we definitely yeah. see a different side of Stefan in this episode where he's not, like, so overbearing and so worried and, like, has, like, a giant stick up his ass. He has, like, three whole different facial expressions in this episode. He does. He's really pushing his uh, limits here in terms of acting. Yeah. So Lexi becomes aware that Elena is there and she goes to the bar to get shots for her, Stefan and, and Elena. And the bartender tries to card her, and she compels him. He's like, you don't need to see my ID. Also, this is free. And I'm like, Lexi is now my vampire hero. Like, this is (laughs) what you use your vampire skills for, getting free shots. Like, not murdering and or gaslighting people. Like, get your priorities straight, Salvatores. I know. That was, like, my favorite scene. It was so good, because you finally see, like, a strong female taking charge that doesn't end up dead. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Oh, wait, no. Oh, we'll go back to that in just a couple of minutes. But she goes uh, up to Elena and offers the shot, and they have, like, a little conversation. Elena's, like, guns blazing right from the top, and she's like, oh, I wasn't expecting to see you, towel girl. I know. That reminded me of the episode where um, Vicky, (laughs) where Vicky and Elena are talking, and, like, Mm -hmm. Um, Elena just, like, goes balls, like, out outrageous, just, like, being such a jerk yeah. to um, to Vicky. And she kind of, like, gets that 
vibe back here. But Lexi is really cool about it. She, you know, I don't really remember what they talk about, except that at the end of the conversation, they're buddies. Yeah, she pretty much, I think that Elena says that, like, she's never seen Stefan this laid back and that he's having, like, a really good time. And um, Lexi says something along the lines of, yeah, like, that's the benefit of, like, knowing somebody for 100 years. Like, they're really relaxed around you. Um, And, yeah, so then they're just talking about it more, and um, Elena admits that she loves him, and um, Lexi's like, of course you do. Like, what's not to love? Yeah, and then Lexi goes to rejoin Stefan. Uh, Elena donates her tequila shot to her and says she's glad she met her. Yeah. like, oh. It was a nice moment. Some new friends. This is great. This is going to last a really long time. (laughs) But as we know, nothing lasts a long time in Mystic Falls. No. <sighs> uh, so, yeah. Anyway, the cops are having their thing outside. And they talk, eventually, like, actually go up to the cowering, terrified girl and ask her to sit, to describe everything she saw. And then they go in. And well, before they go into the bar, Matt comes out holding Caroline Bridal style. <laughs> and Sheriff Horace is like, oh, my God, what happened? And then... Caroline's like I'm super drunk and you don't care about me and we keep on getting these things of Caroline insinuating that her mom doesn't care about her and doesn't pay attention to her but we've not really seen anything to back that up because like every scene between them Sheriff Forbes seems to be like interested in her life and like trying to be there for her so I don't really know what the deal is with that I know. Maybe it's just, like, one of those, like, angsty teen relationships where you can't, like, recognize your parents' love or something. But, yeah. like, yeah, Caroline is just, like, always giving it strong to Sheriff Forbes. Like, mm-hmm. always giving that attitude. Yeah. So they leave, and Sheriff Forbes is like, okay, well, now we have to lock this down because the vampire is probably in the bar. Yes. So they drive the poor, like, surviving victim of the attack into the bar and and ask her to point out who the vampire was. Right? That's, like, so fucked up. That would never happen in a real police situation. I doubt Right? I don't know. I... The only cop show I watch... Well, no. I watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which does not (laughs) offer a lot of information. Yes. And Elementary, in which I don't really pay much attention to the police stuff. That's fair. I don't really watch any police shows, but it just seemed a little off to me. Like, after they're leaving this girl crying for, like, at least a half an hour outside, they just drag her in to identify the person who did the attack. So she points over at the bar where Damon and Lexi are having another conversation in which Lexi is basically just like, what are you actually doing here? And Damon says he has a diabolical master plan, but he's not going to tell her what it is. So this is interrupted when the cops then go up to them because of the you know tip from the traumatized victim and they stab Lexi surprisingly with Vervain and drag her off because apparently when Damon attacked them he left the girl alive on purpose and compelled her to say that Lexi attacked her. Mm-hmm. And we see that this is his master plan to cover his tracks is to pretend that Lexi is the vampire who's been eating everybody so that he can be the big hero which we see when uh, he goes outside and Lexi vamps out, like breaking through the vervain and attacking the cops. And mm-hmm. Damon just zooms in and stakes her in the heart. Oh, R.I.P. So... Lexi, we barely knew you. R.I.P. We thought that a strong woman could exist in at least one episode without getting killed, but boy, we were wrong. Yeah, we were. And it's so sad because, like, in this episode you see Stefan kind of like acting normal instead mm-hmm. of like acting like like he has something wrong with him all the time and it's like his only friend and his oldest friend and uh he's like just right around the corner when Damon stakes her through the heart and he, yeah. and Elena witnesses it too which is just great because now she's seen what, how many vampire murders uh two, two. at this point mm-hmm. yeah so she's getting very familiar with the, like, gray, veiny way that vampires look when they've been staked. Yeah. And it's really upsetting because, like, Damon knows that Lexi has been, you know, best friends with Stefan for over 100 years. Like, he must know how much this would fuck Stefan up. And he's, like, just using her as a tiny cog in his plan, which we still don't really know what his plan is but besides staying in Mystic Falls and trying to get his hands on a very important crystal. Yeah, it's, like, not super clear, like, why he would put 
Like, what is worth that other than just, like, fucking with Stefan? Yeah. And, like, you think that maybe, like, he doesn't want to truly, truly, truly fuck with Stefan. Like, maybe there's something else at play. But then at the same time, you see him do something like this, like killing his oldest and dearest friend for really no reason except to protect himself. Yeah. It's really fucked up. And throughout the seasons of this show, you kind of forget about this part when you're thinking about Damon. And right now I'm just like, how can you ever forgive him for this? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Not to, like, spoiler anything. No, that's not a spoiler. Like, I imagine that the both characters are in the show for a while. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So it's really sad. And Stefan is like, okay, this is that's it. Like, I have to kill him. Yeah, he, he just legit says, All like, these people. Mm-hmm. He, like, lists off all these people that Damon has killed. Like, not even including the campers or the car couple whose names you probably still remember. Oh, uh... Hermione it's escaping me now. and Denzel. <laughs> yep. The um, happy couple. Yeah. He even name drops Tanner, which, like, I mean, I guess makes <laughs> sense because they haven't had school since he was, <laughs> since he left. Yeah. But he's just like, yeah, he's dead seas. But Elena, surprisingly, is like, no, I can't let you do that. And he's like, why are you defending Damon? Like, why do you not want him to be dead also? Yeah. And um, Elena is just kind of like, I know what this will do to you. Like, mm-hmm. if you go ahead and kill him, which was nice. Um, but Damon I also was... wonder if she also feels a bit of an obligation to him for what he did for Jeremy last week. Oh, it's possible. Although yeah. she did have a conversation with Damon at the party, like, wait, what did you do to my brother? He seems, like, nice and well-adjusted now. Like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. But Damon just says that he took all his pain away, which kind of suggests that not only did he take the pain of what happened with Vicky away, but he also took away the pain of the parents' death. Yeah, which so was he's kind of reverted back out. to however he was before their parents died. Mm-hmm. Which is a little more than Elena asked for, but I don't know why she's complaining, because he's not being an unbearable prick for once. Yeah, and he's, like, actually doing his shit and trying to get his life together. Yeah. So, all of that is really sad. Uh, we get another quick scene of Matt and Caroline. Uh, he takes her back to her house and puts her to bed, and she just is still being very weepy, and, you know, why doesn't anybody love me, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, yeah, I know that's rough, and then... She asks him to stay with her, and they, like, lie in the bed together, and he yeah. watches over her. They were snuggling. Mm-hmm. I was worried that they were going to start making out, and I would have, like, a really deep this on men this week. been really bad. It would have been horrible, because she was so drunk, and, yeah. um, but Matt did not take advantage of the situation, which is good. He's, like, the only reasonable man in the entire show. I know, which... And he's not even a man. He's a teen. I know. Which is why I still have hashtag regrets of naming Matt as my first who you want to punch when he's literally haunt you forever. It is. I wish we could go back and re-record and re-release. Hashtag haunted. Maybe on the tenth anniversary of our first episode, we could release an update. Oh my god! The tenth anniversary, I'll be forty. At the tenth anniversary, we'll just have finished recording our last episode of the podcast. Um, so the last thing that we see in the episode is actually kind of surprising. We see, uh, Bonnie having a dream that she's running through the forest and we see she's tossing and turning in bed and she has the crystal on and eventually she runs across the woman from the photo, her ancestress, Emily, 1864, Who's, what did she say? Like, it's starting? Yeah, it's something foreboding. I forget the exact word. It's coming. I it's think. coming, yeah. yes. Uh-huh. And it's very exciting because we see, and this won't mean anything to you, but again, Buffy fans, you see that Emily, 1864, Bonnie's ancestress, is played by Bianca Lawson, a.k.a. Kendra, the Vampire Slayer. So oh. Bianca Lawson is kind of famous for having been playing a teenage girl for like two decades so she plays a high school student also a vampire slayer in Buffy in the late 90s like mid to late 90s this is you know the late 2000s and she's again playing like a very young woman and after this she also is a recurring character on Pretty Little Liars in like the 2010s playing a high school student wow she's probably like in her 40s now but she looks 
like a teenager. That is impressive. So, Maybe yeah. she's a real life vampire or a real life witch with like youth restoring powers. Either way, uh, Bianca Lawson, we appreciate you. You've been on a lot. Well, a couple of really great shows and one show that sucks. Sorry, Pretty Little, Pretty Little Liars fans. The worst show I've ever watched four whole seasons of. Wow, that's strong words. You know how HBO has that new show, Big Little Lies? I've been watching that, actually. That is super good. I love it. I love it. I've only seen three episodes, and I just gave up my cable, so I have to find a way to watch the rest. I'll give you my parents' HBO Go login. That's how I'm watching it now. But speaking of pretty Pretty Little Liars, I call Big Little Lies Pretty Little Lies. Just because I'm used to saying that show. What about Big Little Liars? <laughs> that would be also good. Oh, yes. I'm very much enjoying that show. But, yes. So, the episode ends with Bonnie waking up in the middle of the woods, like, exactly where she had been in her dream. So, like, yes. how did she get there? What's going on? Uh, and then it just cuts to black. Yep. It's serious. We in have so many vampire questions. Mm-hmm. So... There was just so much action in the last four minutes of the episode, just like there is every mm-hmm. every episode. We had the death of Lexi. Oh, wait. Did we we talk- missed the oh, whole... Yeah. We okay. missed a you really important part. part. Okay. So um, after Stefan is like, I have to kill him, he runs back to the Salvatore boarding house and he is looking for Damon and Damon's just kind of sitting down and having a drink and he zooms over to him and just straight up punches him in the face. So they get into um, what can only be described as a vampire scuffle. Uh, They are zooming back and forth, punching each other really fast. The special effects are interesting here because it's just like the frames kind of sped up, but then it's like the characters are like trailing their shadows. Mm -hmm. Um, But they're fighting and going back and forth and finally Stefan pulls out a stake And you're just kind of like, oh, shit, like this is going to happen. Um, But instead of staking um, Damon through the heart, he stakes Damon through the stomach. And Damon is kind of like, oh, hey, bro, you missed. (laughs) (laughs) But Stefan was like, no, you saved my life once. I spared yours. Now we're even. Um, oh shit yeah so so stefan walks away and he leaves damon to pull the stake out of his stomach which looks extremely uncomfortable especially because it's made of wood like hello splinters um but we see here that stefan is just like not fucking around anymore like when he told elena like death and despair and pain follows me everywhere i go Mm -hmm. he's had enough because he knows that that's directly related to um Damon, which is interesting because I don't think that Damon is totally to blame for Stefan's woes, but he's definitely a large contributor. Yeah. It's also the first time that Stefan owns up to the fact that his mere presence puts everybody in danger, which he probably yeah. should have like admitted to himself and Elena a lot sooner. Agreed. But Agreed. It's nice to see some like self-awareness from him. Some character growth. <laughs> so yes, that is all that happens in the episode. I believe. Yes, I think that that was the last big thing. But that also happened within the past four, uh, the last four minutes yeah. of the episode. So let's go on to uh, who you want to punch. I don't think it's really a hard question this time. No. It's got to be Damon. Yeah, for me it is totally Damon. Which is like so retro, like wanting to punch Damon. Because last week we were starting to kind of feel for him. I know, and it just pisses me off that they tugged at my at my heartstrings like that, where I finally felt like Damon had some redeeming qualities and like maybe he was doing something to help his brother. But no, that is not happening here. Yeah. And I always forget like when rewatching the first season, like what a dick move it was for him to kill Lexi. Like it was super extra and really easy to forget like after a million other things happen but like he straight up like frivolously murdered his brother's best friend with no remorse no and like he's and he like pretends that it's like part of his diabolical plan like but Lexi just like showed up and then Damon like spun this up out of nowhere like he might have known that she was coming if they see each other if Stefan and Lexi see each other like every year on his birthday which seems to be the precedent Mm -hmm. but also it just kind of seemed like a whim like that he like could that, that he could pull this together to protect himself yeah so I definitely want to punch him real hard and stake him in the stomach absolutely agreed so that's a super fast uh, who you want to punch. <laughs> so why are men, Beth? Oh my gosh. We'll never answer this question. But this recalls uh, a certain scene to my mind where Matt is carrying um, 
Caroline back into her house when she's super drunk. And he uses her feet to turn on the light. Like he's he like does. he's like carrying he like her like expertly angles and tilts her body so he can like slightly angle her up and use her foot to flip the light switch. I know it was just so like it, her like, unconscious body. It's like why is this happening? It just goes to show that women are just utility for men. I mean, it was very, you know, MacGyver-ish of him. Like, he had to turn on the light and his hands were full. Like, I'm not going to fault him for that. I don't know. I just, it really rubbed me the wrong way. Like, I understand. Maybe I still have it out out for Matt. I don't know. But, like, that just really bothered me. And, like, I understand that he was doing something nice by bringing Caroline home. But, I don't know. It just, like, also, like, Matt, like, take your time to, like, grieve the absence of your sister. Like, that raised another question for me. I know that um, they compelled Jeremy to believe Mm -hmm. that Vicky left town, but did they do the same for Matt? No. He does, like, have a brief conversation with Stefan where he's like, well, you know, this isn't the first time she's disappeared. So apparently she has a history of, like, just leaving town. So he believes it without, like, any evidence and... He's really callous about it. He throws off this line to Stefan, like, oh, well, she's just like her mom, never there, you know, never, always oh, letting yeah. you down. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, you're going to regret that if you ever find out what happened to Vicky. <laughs> Very true. It was the truth bomb. Like, poor Vicky. Like, she's dead, and her brother is still, like, dissing her. I know. Like, oh, I'm not surprised. R.I.P., girl. We'll honor your memory, even yeah. if those closest to you won't. I'm not going to pour one out for you because this is a new apartment I just moved into and I don't want to clean it. But <laughs> I'm mentally pouring one out for you, girl. Same. See you at the crossroads. So, yeah, there's that. I think my biggest wireman of this episode is Stefan just completely abandoning Caroline once he immediate, like fixes the immediate problem of her and, and Damon. Mm-hmm. And like the only woman he cares about is Elena. Because he wants to fuck her. Like, he doesn't follow up with Bonnie about the witch thing. He doesn't follow up with protecting Caroline from Damon. He just only cares about, like, his sexual prospect. That's very true. And it, like, just represents, like, the way that men think about women differently, right? If you have, like, a sexual prospect, you would treat them much more differently than you would treat other women in mm-hmm. your life. Um, especially in terms of protection. like. Yeah. When Damon's or Stefan has caused all of these problems and just like totally like abandoning ship on everybody, and it's weird because it's established that he has a really long-standing, completely platonic relationship with a woman. Uh, you'd think that he, if he had that, you know, model of a male-female relationship that was non-sexual, that he would be able to extend that same kind of, you know, feeling toward the other people who are in danger because of his presence, but he doesn't really seem to make that stretch. I guess you have to know him for a hundred plus years to get the benefits of that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, men are very wise. I, there's no answer. No, we'll keep trying to answer this question, but the things that keep popping up in the show are just mm. leading us further down the rabbit hole of trying to explain <laughs> why these things happen. Yeah. Um, and I know that I've been like ragging on Matt and now at this point I just can't help it, but the conversation that he had with Caroline about mm-hmm. talking about, you know, she wanted to be deep and he's like, sorry girl, that's not really your scene. Yeah. Like that was a super bummer. He's um, like a nice dude, but he didn't even try it. To, like, lie to the poor drunk girl who is, like, very depressed. Yeah. Like, even if you think she's shallow, just be like, no, girl, you follow deep. Right? I know. Ha- like, just give that courtesy to her. And in this episode, too, we saw Damon compelling Caroline again. And there's just, like, her being powerless against it. Mm-hmm. And it was just super hard to watch. Yeah. One day, Caroline may be able to have a plot line where she, like, is in control of everything and is great. I'm hoping for that for her. I say as though I haven't seen the rest of the show. But so far, it's just, like, poor girl, like, people forget about her and they ignore her and choose other people over her and just let her be, you know, mentally abused by this uh, dickbag. She's the new Vicky. Aww. She just has to sleep with Jeremy and Tyler to really make it true hopefully Tyler was missing Tyler again yeah Yeah. so So. still at anger management camp (laughs) 
so on that note, who should have done it? Uh, I don't know. This was another episode where I was just kind of like disgusted by the end, like yeah. with Lexi's death and Damon's bullshit. And Stefan and Elena are pissing me off because they were like mm-hmm. broken up and like then they were being mushy and wanting to get together. I I honestly, again, I can't think of anybody that I want to do it on this show. Okay, that's fair. I'm going to go back to my first answer and say Bonnie and Elena. Nice. I think yes. the show would be a lot happier and, of course, less exciting if they could just see, like, we love each other. You have this magical power, and it draws me to you. Like, we're best friends and more. Yes, and when Bonnie was doing her feather levitation, that was, like, one of the only times that we've seen Elena happy. Yeah. And, like episodes actually maybe in the whole freaking show so far yeah um i thought that it was interesting that stefan and elena individually had their happiest moments in the show so far separate from each other with other people yeah so i approve of of that match i'm hoping that next week something takes a turn so i could like get back into like the who you want (laughs) to done it phase but i've just past couple have been hard to want anything to come of it yeah. i guess i could pick stefan and somebody because i would like to understand what vamp sex is <laughs> but i don't want to see it so no. it's kind of a double-edged sword stefan and his hand oh yeah <laughs> now i just i know like zooming and jacking off and it just seems like blisters would happen it just seems like something might fall off <laughs> Right? Or be ripped off or something. Somebody please do like a Mythbusters about this or something. Ooh, yes. We should write in. So, yeah. In the last couple of episodes, it has been kind of hard to root for anybody except maybe Bonnie. Mm-hmm. Uh, because everybody is making horrible decisions and just being assholes or stupid. So, I hope and think that in the course of the next few episodes, we'll start being able to, you know, pull for somebody at least. I hope so, for sure. Yeah. So, any final thoughts or predictions? Um, I don't know. I feel like probably um, we'll see Stefan kind of maybe take a little bit of a turn after this. Like, he seems to have reached his boiling point mm-hmm. in terms of, like, what he could deal with from Damon. Yeah. And also, like, what he wants his relationship to be with Elena. So, I'm hoping that we kind of get some resolution on those relationships not even necessarily resolution but just something that's like concrete that we could kind of move forward with Mm -hmm. um and my prediction is that we're going to see more about the very important crystal (laughs) and what powers and protections that it does give bonnie and um and i think that we'll see her waking up in the woods um and kind of getting the answers to some of those questions i hope and hopefully some more 1864 flashbacks to explain the whole Emily situation. Please. Uh, they teased us. I thought it was going to become like a half and a half thing, like yeah. right from that episode. If only. I know. We could only dream. All right. Well, I think that wraps up uh, episode 8, 162 Candles. It's been quite a ride. R.I.P. Lexi, always in our hearts. And fuck you, Damon. Amen. Mozzarella.